Welcome to the Rare Faith Podcast, where the solution to every problem is only an idea away, and where the same activity with just a little more awareness always yields better results. Award-winning, best-selling author, Leslie Householder, brings some of her best information to this inspiring series of life-changing episodes that you won't want to miss. Show notes for this episode can be found at rarekindoffaith.com. Welcome, everybody. This is Leslie Householder, and we have tonight something I haven't presented before in this combination, but I'm excited to do it. And the topic tonight is, does the breakthrough ever come? I know that it's a rough life sometimes. You know, we get close to achieving a goal, and then something beats us down. And we begin to wonder if these things that we're learning, if these things that we believe in, really do work or not. We wonder why breakthroughs are happening to other people and not us. It can be very discouraging, and I can guarantee you that every person I have ever known on this planet who has ever had a breakthrough has gone through the period of time prior to the breakthrough when they get to wonder if the breakthrough will ever come, and so you're not alone in that. We're going to be talking about quite a few things, but I think it's going to go quickly. Make sure, again, if you haven't already grabbed one, that you have a pencil or a pen and a paper, something to take notes with. I'm going to cover some things that you may have heard before, but every time I hear the principles presented to me, I get something new out of it because I'm a different person the next time around or I'm facing a different challenge than the last time around. And it might not be something that I say directly, but if you stay connected with the conversation that this presentation I'm going to give you tonight and stay open to the thoughts that come to you directly from your own inspiration and write those down because sometimes they're like slippery fish and if you don't stab them with a pencil to the paper and get them captured, they can be just as quickly gone as they came. And so I encourage you to be ready. Go ahead and grab that and it'll be worth it. So one thing that I'd like to have you do to begin with is identify what you want to get out of this call what kind of answers you want to obtain from it? What kind of questions do you bring? Because if you come with a question expecting an answer, your answer will come. And again, it might not be something I say, but the answer will come. And so you put yourself in a position, in a place, in an environment where answers can come. And if you're ready and expecting, then those thoughts will come to you. So take a second and just maybe think a little bit about what you want to get from this call. It might be a question like maybe it's what do I do if the people that I love and care about the most don't support me in the goals that I'm trying to achieve? Or maybe they support me in it or maybe we agree on the same goals but struggling to believe and I'm struggling to believe or maybe they're not and I am or that's a big one that comes up for a lot of people. So it might be that. It might be a sense that you know what you need to do next but you're not sure how to do it because you're lacking resources or maybe you're afraid to take the next step because you have certain fears and we're going to talk a little bit about that later. But just take a minute and write down a question and I'm going to go silent for about 30 seconds to give you some time to do that.
Okay, that's 30 seconds there. So hopefully you've written down a question that you would like to get an answer to, a specific question. Because the question, does the breakthrough ever come? The answer is yes. Okay, that's easy. But we're going to break it down. And I know that there are sub-questions that deserve answers. So next on your paper, I'd like you to draw five horizontal lines, kind of like if you're working with lined paper, just trace those lines and mark about five or six of those. And what I want you to do is at the bottom, I want you to write down next to it or underneath it the word thought frequencies. Thought frequencies. And what this diagram is going to end up looking like is just an illustration that there are different levels of thinking. And as Einstein said, that the significant problems we face in life cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. And so first thing we've got to do is get a visual picture in our head of what this means, thought frequencies, levels of thinking. What does that mean? Okay, so you've got five or six different lines there parallel to each other, all horizontal, and you've got a label somewhere near it that says thought frequencies. And I want you to draw an arrow starting at the bottom left, big fat arrow, going up diagonally towards the upper right. And along that arrow, you're going to write the word in big, bold letters, awareness. And what this means is that as your awareness grows, you start thinking at different levels, at higher levels of thinking. And what I mean by higher levels of thinking is that very, very low level of thinking would be doubt and anger and retaliation and all the different kinds of reactions to life that can create more problems for us. It can be the negative side of things. As we evolve and as we grow through higher levels of awareness and we start to understand how life operates, how the world works, and we start to experience the principle that the law of the harvest, that what you put out comes back to you, or karma, or however you want to call it, you start having to believe in these unseen, invisible principles that supposedly govern our life. And the more that we choose higher levels of thinking and higher, more positive responses to the experiences we have, then we are living at a higher level. We are thinking at a higher level. And the inspiration we need to solve our problems, those nuggets of truth that come as a flash in our mind that say, this is a better way to handle that, as you follow those flashes of inspiration, you will discover that the breakthroughs come, and they come more predictably. And so really what we have when we feel like we're not having breakthroughs, we're not experiencing these changes in our life that we're trying to facilitate, it's probably in many cases because we are thinking on a level that does not put us in a state of mind where we can receive those flashes of inspiration that give us those brilliant genius solutions and the courage to follow them. And so what we're going to do tonight is I'm going to just teach you some things that I've learned that will increase your awareness of how life works and the laws that govern the universe. And I know that this is not going to be a three-hour call. Okay, I expect we're going to be done probably between half an hour and an hour is what I kind of predict. But 
I'm also going to tell you along the way where you can get more information on some of these concepts. And what I want to point out right now is the Stickman video. If you have not watched it yet, I want you to write down this URL because you can go watch it for free. And it's going to explain these thought frequencies a little bit deeper. And it's going to explain the increased awareness concept a little bit more. It has like three names. <laughs> We've renamed it a number of times over the years because it does so much for so many people in so many different areas of their life. And so some of the names by which it's known are the Stickman video. It's also known as the Peace of Mind in Any Economy video. And that's actually the title that comes up on the video when you watch it. But it's also been known as the visual aid that changed everything. And so where you find that is if you'll go to Thoughts Alive. Dot com. That's his in thinking thoughts, thoughtsalive.com. And then you'll see a list of links that you can go to. It's the visual aid that changed everything free. You're going to want to go do that. And by the way, if you have watched that before or if you've watched that many times, I know a lot of people do, it's history in the making today. <laughs> that video file has been lost for quite a while. And it was uncovered today and produced into a DVD that can actually be purchased so that it can become part of your permanent library. You don't have to be tethered to a computer to watch it. You can take it and watch it on any DVD player. And it's only 20 bucks. And so if you wanted that, I think you can find that if you go shop at Thoughts Alive. But I just wanted to let you know you're the first to find out about that, that that is now available on DVD. And by the way, if you were to purchase five, it's one for $20 or five for $50. So you get half price after you order five or more. So now back to the levels of awareness. You know, Let me just share with you where I came from and why I do what I do. My husband and I, when we first married, we had determined that we wanted me to be able to stay home with the children when they came along and that I would be a stay-at-home mom. And after a year, I had my first baby, and we were not financially prepared to do this, but because we believed and we had faith, we knew that it was for us the right thing. We decided that I would just quit and we would figure it out. Well, a year later, my husband lost his job. We were in debt over our ears, and I was forced back to work, which was a very depressing experience for me because of the hope and the determination that we had tried to exercise that whole year. It hadn't panned out, and I was starting to feel bitter. And so long story short, we started attending seminars with a friend who said, you know, you really ought to come with us to these seminars because they help you with your thinking. <laughs> they could see that... A lot of the things that we'd been trying and weren't working were not working because of the way we were responding to the challenges that would show up. A challenge would show up and we would react to it. We would get upset about it. We would stew about it. We would feel jilted by it. All those natural, common experiences that we have when we have setbacks. But this is where we lived. We lived in this discouragement. We lived in this heavy place of, oh, we just can't get a leg up. Oh, nothing ever works. We just can't get on top of it. Oh, just when we think we are, we get buried again. And that's where we were living. And so they encouraged us to come to these seminars with them, and we attended no less than 100 seminars in a seven-year period. And I got to tell you, it was definitely my thought process to wonder, does the breakthrough ever come? I was getting very, very sick and tired of hearing people on the stage talk about their breakthroughs and how all we had to do was X, Y, Z, and we could have the same breakthrough. Because we would go do X, Y, Z, and we would not have the same breakthrough. And yet something inside me said, this is good. It's good to keep learning. You get some nuggets of truth every time you go. 
You have a new epiphany every time you go. You get an answer to one of your questions every time you go. And so I couldn't not go. And even though we started to find ourselves spending money we didn't have to go to these seminars, just on the hope that something would turn around and that we could do something or get the courage we needed to do whatever we needed to do to have this breakthrough, it was very confusing. And I've seen people be hungry for knowledge before. And I've worked with people who are hungry for knowledge and that sacrifice everything to learn what they are trying to learn and experience the breakthroughs they're trying to experience. But I have to admit, I have not... I'm searching my memory, and I cannot say that I have met anybody who was as hungry as we were and willing to sacrifice as much as we did for what we've learned. Now, we've turned around after our breakthrough breakthroughs. We've had a number of them, and we've had setbacks even after. And so life never stops giving you those opportunities. But I have learned that the breakthroughs do come if you stay tenacious and if you're hungry for them. If you're not hungry, then you probably won't do the things that need to be done, make the sacrifices that need to be made to get in that place where you'll get the answer. But the answers don't have to be so far away and so hard to get. One thing that I've learned through this process is that the solution, you're going to want to write this down, the solution to every problem, the solution to every problem is really only an idea away. Look back at that thought frequencies chart that you drew for yourself. The answer is already right there on that chart on one of those upper level lines of thought frequencies. It's there. And it's just a matter of growing your awareness to a place where, oh, you see it. It's already there. And so how do you get there? Well, you know, I remember my husband and I being hungry for answers. We were hungry. We were short on money. We were spending grocery money. We were spending credit card debt, going into credit card debt to attend seminars after we had used up every other resource because we believed that education was one of those things that was worthy of debt if you had no other way. I'm not encouraging that. It was not fun to be in debt, and I would never encourage that per se, but I do recommend that you check in on your own gut feeling, and you'll know you'll know if the education that you want to invest in is right for you at that time. I think about how I had set up a rule that I would never, ever go into debt, and yet I was faced with a dilemma that I wanted this knowledge, but I couldn't afford it. The only way I could afford it at my level of thinking, I didn't know about my hidden resources, I didn't know how to tap into those, but I couldn't see any other way, and I wanted the knowledge that bad, and I knew that it would ultimately pay me back. But the problem was is I had this rule that I would never go into debt. And somebody explained it to me this way. They said, okay, suppose you live in Phoenix, and you have a rule. Well, let's use where I live, Mesa. Mesa is east of Phoenix. The airport is west of me. And if I was trying to get to New York, and I had a rule that I would only go straight forward and I would never go backwards, then I could get to New York going straight forward and I might get there in a few days driving. But if I could go backwards just 20 minutes and hop on a plane, I could get there in five hours. And for me, I didn't have time 
to wait that much more time to learn these lessons because we were in desperate need now. And again, please don't go into debt because of what I'm describing to you because I'm only telling you where I was at. And if I were to do it again, I'm not sure I would do it again because of the pain and the bondage that came from going into debt only compounded the problem. But here's the point I wanted to make. One of the events that we knew in our heart we needed to be at was in Florida. And we lived in Arizona or Utah at the time. I believe it was Arizona. I can't remember. We jumped around a little bit. But in order to get there, we shopped for the most the most inexpensive plane tickets we could find. We researched for days on how to make it as cheap as possible to get there. And I learned something that the less you spend on a plane ticket, the more of the country you get to see along the way. We took four legs on that trip from Phoenix to Florida and took all day to get there, but we got there. And once we got there, we didn't have enough money on the credit card to rent a car. We didn't think that far in advance. And actually, that put us in a pretty pickle because the car was going to be our hotel room for the weekend. I haven't talked to anybody else in the 10 years that I've been teaching what what I teach that have done anything that crazy to get the information that they were so hungry for. Why do I bring this up? Well, what I've learned is that you are going to instinctively know where your next answer is when you are ready with the question. When the question is well-defined and it's urgent and it's needed now and it's clear in your head what you've got to figure out. Like maybe it's I cannot go dive into this business opportunity over here until I've got my relationship right with my husband or my wife. There is that one thing in the way of being able to freely go and do what you feel like may be next. And so there's layers of things that need to be solved in order to accomplish your goal. There's layers. And Only you know what those layers are. I've been to events before where they have talked me into buying what they had right then and there when deep down I knew that, well, oh, I don't want to miss this opportunity. Oh, it's on sale. Oh, you know, and you don't want to get sucked into that. You've got to learn to trust your own gut. That information is not going to go anywhere too far. It will be there when you need it. It will be there when you need it. Address the issues that are forefront on your mind right now, whatever is in your way of being able to move forward like you know you want to, whatever that issue is, put that into a question form. What should I do about such and such? All right? And if you want to get really, really focused, decide what you think you should do about that and ask, is this, XYZ, what I should do about issue. You come up with a solution. You think it up. And then you'll find that yes and no questions are a little easier to get clear answers to. Now, I'm kind of giving you some uh, more advanced stuff that I hadn't planned on bringing up, but I'm kind of going off on a tangent, and I've found that sometimes those tangents end up being the most valuable information for somebody on the call. So I I try not to avoid them. I, I follow them when they come up. But yes and no answers are easier to get answers to, yes and no questions. And so that yes and no may be at the top of that thought frequency plane. But how do you get yourself up there? Let me tell you how you get up there. And I'm giving you some clues that I teach and that we work the participants through at our Genius Boot Camps. 
what I'm going through with you right now is kind of a glimpse of what we do at Genius Boot Camp. And what we're going to do first to get you up on a higher thought frequency where you can hear the yes or the no that you're looking for is to, first of all, identify what is it you're trying to accomplish. Okay? So write down what is the goal. What is the goal? Maybe on the other side of that issue that's right in your way right now, but what is the goal? What is the next step? Is it a certain kind of freedom that you don't enjoy right now? Maybe it's a certain kind of income you don't have right now. Maybe it's a certain kind of job. Maybe it's a certain relationship that you're looking for. Maybe it's a certain state of health that you would like to find yourself in. But whatever that is, write that down. and Put it in writing. What is your goal? And if you can just put it in a simple statement and put it in present tense, we're not going to talk about why to do it that way right now. You can go read the Jacobit Factor for free to get a little tutorial on why to put it in present tense. By the way, that is also free. If you go to jacobitfactor.com and you'll see where you can download the Jacobit Factor for free. Read that to find out why you should put it in present tense. But you're going to put it in present tense like maybe it is I have this new position at my company that I want to be in. I now enjoy this. And you have that in a statement, okay? The next step is to identify all of the internal arguments about why you can't have it. So we're going to take a few minutes, probably give you about three minutes, where I'm going to have you just write out all the reasons why you don't already have this goal or why you haven't been able to take the next step towards achieving that goal. Because you know what the next step is. That's instinctive. That is something that as much as people want to deny it, they know what the next step is. A lot of times it's scary, and so they try to suppress it or ignore it or pretend like it's not there. But if you got quiet and you were to say, okay, what's my next step on this, something will come to mind. And you may not acknowledge it as the next step, but I can guarantee you something will come to mind. Even if it's trivial, even if it seems unrelated, something will come to mind. And I want you to start paying attention to those little thoughts and nudges that come along when you are in the mindset of thinking about your goal. So I want you to think about all the reasons why you don't have it now and why you can't take the next step or why the next step might be hard. All right, so we're going to start... We'll go three minutes for you to just write all this out, all the reasons why you can't. Starting now, three minutes. I'm going to check in about every 30 seconds so that if somebody gets on the call late, they will know that there is a call going on. We're just writing down all the reasons why you haven't taken the next step. Maybe there's a person in the way of you being able to take the next step, or maybe you're lacking certain resources, but be specific. What are the things that are in your way of achieving that goal? If you're just sitting there listening, waiting for the three minutes to go by, you're missing an opportunity. 
I'm going to walk you through an experience, and you're going to be glad you did this if you'll participate. One more minute left. Nobody's going to have to see this list that you're writing or this paragraph you're composing. Go ahead and get it out, all the reasons why. If you feel insecure, if you're feeling like you can't win, like you've never won before, maybe somebody told you something that hurt your feelings, maybe you come from a family where nothing's ever worked out. Okay, stop. Now, what I'm going to have you do is I want you to take that part of your paper and I want you to rip it off the rest and I want you to crumple it up. Just crumple it up because for the next 20 minutes or so, it means nothing, okay? We're setting it aside as though these, those objections, those obstacles do not exist. We're going to pretend that they don't exist. And don't worry, they're not going anywhere so you don't have to worry about losing them, okay? But what I'd like you to do next after you've crumpled that up is I want you to take the next place on your paper and I want you to remember what it was like when you were little. Pretend like you're in kindergarten. You know, as long as kindergarten was a happy place for you. If it was not a happy place for you, then then put yourself somewhere in a happy place pretending like you're a young, young child. And I want you to just... Remember what that was like. You had no bills to pay. You had playmate. The biggest challenge you had to face was what you were going to do next with your time. And again, maybe your whole childhood wasn't like that, but you were born a creative being. There is a creative side of you that was natural and spontaneous. And as we grow up, we find ourselves being told that, ooh, that's not really realistic, or ooh, you know, those circles need to be a little more round or, oh, you know, you need to stay in the lines. And the creativity that we were born with can get buried or stifled or forgotten altogether. And so for the next two minutes, I want you to just freestyle, draw whatever you want. This is an exercise in reminding yourself that you are creative. This is your opportunity to doodle. And you're going to think probably, this is a waste of time. What's this all about? What is this? Okay. But trust me on this. I want you to reawaken that part of you that doesn't care what anybody thinks, the part of you that is free, the part of you that doesn't have to follow any appropriate rules of how drawings should look. <laughs> Just doodle. Just pretend like you're five. What did you used to draw when you were five? So go ahead and do that for two minutes, starting now.
One more minute. See, if we were at Genius Boot Camp, I'd have markers for you and a big poster. We'd be having fun. And music, fun music. <laughs> I hope you found some fun in that. I hope there was a piece of you that the emotional side of you woke up a little bit. I'm hoping that that was fun. If it was not fun, if it was like, oh, this is stupid, then, then we've got a lot of work to do because we've got to wake up that creative side of you. And I'd be happy to help you do that. But you'd need to get yourself to a genius boot camp. So for now, since we don't have time to go much deeper into that part of the exercise, what I want you to do is go back to your goal. Look at your goal that you wrote down. And what you're going to do is I want you to draw a visual representation of that goal. So if, if it's something about better health, I'd like you to maybe draw a picture of yourself in tip-top shape doing something amazing like climbing Mount Everest or something, okay? Or if it's about relationships, draw a couple stick people with a heart between them and holding hands or, you know, this is your turn to be creative plus with a purpose. Okay, we're getting creative now about your goal. So new spot on the paper, doodle, have some fun, but it needs to be a visual representation of the goal achieved, the victory won, how it feels. And in this part, I really want you to picture it as you draw it and imagine how it feels now that you have accomplished that goal. And if you will do this, I have a surprise for you on the other end of this. So I want you to, again, draw a visual representation of the victory won, how it feels. And don't just draw it, but feel it. Answer the question. And you might want to write this down to remind yourself what the question is. Answer the question, how would that feel? How would it feel to have that victory? How would that feel if that relationship was fixed? How would it feel to be making that kind of money? How would it feel to live in that kind of a house? How would it feel to have that job? How would it feel? So draw it, feel it, and if you do those two things, then in about two minutes, we'll go to the next step, and you'll be really proud of yourself if you follow this particular instruction very completely. All right, ready, go. We're drawing a visual representation of your victory one, plus getting emotionally involved with the picture that you're drawing, imagining how it would feel to have that victory actually won.
Okay. Now, I hope you had an opportunity to feel something, even if it was small, but to really have an emotion wake up inside of you of of relief, maybe joy, maybe a happiness that you haven't felt about that particular goal. Maybe the goal seems, you know, kind of out there before. But if you were able to feel what it would feel like experiencing it, then I want you to go back up to your diagram of the levels of thinking. And I want to tell you that if you felt any emotion at all during that exercise, any positive forward emotion, then you have moved your level of thinking up a few notches on that chart. And in that place, in that state of mind where you're actually feeling the victory is actually won, what you're doing is essentially tricking your subconscious mind into believing it's true, even if for just a split second. It cannot tell the difference between an experience that is real and one that is imagined. And so if you imagined an experience and you felt it, then as far as your subconscious mind is concerned, that is it's, that is a new truth for you. And as you'll learn from the Stickman video, again, go watch it online for free, watchlive.com. But watch that video to understand how much power your subconscious mind has over the results you're experiencing right now. And so the battle isn't with your willpower. The battle isn't with your family. The battle isn't with anything but your subconscious mind right now. And when your subconscious mind believes that your new reality is that goal accomplished, then it will have you at that higher level of thinking and you will be able to recognize those sparks, those inspirations, the genius that will come to you at those higher levels that answers the questions you have along the way about what do I do next. Now, I strongly believe that it is inspiration. It is guidance from our higher power. I call mine God or my Heavenly Father. I believe that there is a Father that guides me and directs me. And I've noticed that those answers come when I am in a place of gratitude more than they come when I am in a place of desperation. Well, it's hard to feel gratitude unless you're thinking about something that brings you happiness. All right? It's hard to feel gratitude for the problems that you're facing. Even though if you can do that, you are even at a higher level of thinking and you're going to find life goes a lot more smoothly than ever. I'm going to take a quick segue to the seven laws when you are trying to think at a higher level and you're not sure how to think when something happens to you unexpected or disappointing or frustrating, you go to this list of seven laws. And seven laws are described in both Hidden Treasures as well as Portal to Genius, which is the sequel to Jack Rabbit Factor. It's also described in the Home Study Course extensively, the FTMF program. I'll point you to that near the end here. The law of perpetual transmutation is the first one. And what you're going to do is you're going to look at this list of laws and refer to them when you're not sure how to think to make sure you're thinking on a higher level than what comes naturally to you. Because what comes naturally to you and what comes naturally to me is how I thought to get me right where I am right now. So if you want to change, then we're going to refer to this list of laws. Number one, the law of perpetual transmutation. This is the law that says circumstances and things are perpetually coming or going according to our own thoughts. So events 
relationships, opportunities, they are perpetually evolving into form or dissipating out of form based on how much you are looking forward to them with hope and expectation versus how much you are doubting and complaining or being frustrated that it's not here yet. Okay, so as you are choosing the better thought, the hopeful and the faithful thought, it's forming. The opportunities are lining up. And you've got to picture this happening because it helps you endure those dry spells when it seems like nothing good is happening. They are happening as long as you believe they are. If you're looking forward to them, they are. Okay? It's causing people to have thoughts and conversations and say and do things that lead to opportunities for you. There are so many things that happen that we can't even see. We choose to believe that things are happening for our benefit, in our favor, and lining up for us. And as long as we believe that, it works out that way. I challenge you to test it. The law of relativity, number two. Your situation is not fundamentally good or bad until you compare it to something else. And if I'm going too fast, you're going to have an opportunity to listen to this again so you can listen to it anytime. Take notes faster if I'm going too fast. The law of vibration is the third one. Your thoughts control your personal vibration. As you change your thoughts, you'll change what is attracted to you, what is obvious to you, what you perceive around you. Really, this law of vibration is the levels of awareness diagram all over again. As your emotions go more to gratitude and expectation and hope and belief, your thought frequencies go up the ladder a little bit. And it's because your vibration is improving as well and will be more in harmony with the things that you're trying to bring into your life. The law of polarity, number four, everything has an opposite. So a bad situation is equally good. As you look for the good in it, you'll find it. So whenever something comes up and it's a catastrophe, instead of thinking, oh, man, this just ruined my chances to achieve my goal, no. It's, whoa, okay, that was a doozy, but contained in this is something good that if I will find it, it will get me closer to my goal. That's not the natural way to think, but those who think that way find the good. It's there. By law, it's there. It exists. The next one is the law of rhythm. When you feel down, be assured that an upswing is coming. In other words, if you've had a run of bad luck, if you've been beat down over a long period of time, trust in the law of rhythm. The whole universe operates in ebbs and flows, ups and downs. The tide comes in, the tide goes out. We don't stand on the shoreline watching the tide go out and mourn the loss of the ocean, right? (laughs) So when you see things flowing out of your life faster than they're coming in and it worries you, Don't worry. Trust that the tide will come back in. And the more you think about that, the more you can expedite that process because the opportunities are already all around you. It's only a conversation away. It's only an idea away. It's only a relationship away, that breakthrough that you're looking for. And so as you're expecting the tide to come back and you're looking for it and you're thinking, man, it's been out for so long, it's got to be on its way back in soon. Maybe it's already turned around. And you start choosing to believe that, it will. You have more control over the kinds of opportunities that show up in your life than you realize, and it stems from the way you think. Next one is the law of cause and effect. Action and reaction are equal and in opposite directions. So as you focus on what you can give and not what you'll get, 
you'll be thinking at a higher level and you will be on that plane where the sparks of ideas, the genius, the inspiration that comes from God will reach you and you'll recognize it. The last one, law of gestation. Be patient. All right? Ideas are seeds that take time to grow and they will grow at nature's pace. They don't have to be nourished every day. In fact, if you plant the seed and you forget about it, it's still there. The only way you can kill an idea seed is if you pull it up and see if it's growing before it's had a chance to sprout. How do you plant the seed? You plant the seed by seeing it in your head, done, and feeling it as though it's done. That is the idea seed planted. And it stays there and it grows and it matures and it bears fruit unless you start wondering, oh, I wonder if I planted the seed. Ooh, I'm not seeing any evidence yet. I think I'll dig it up. I think I'll go check on it. I think I'll micromanage the process, okay? You need to resign as manager of the universe. It's not your job, all right? And let me just throw this in. Those solutions that you're looking for that are going to solve everything, <laughs> I'm not going to say that any one solution solves everything, but as you learn this process and you learn to trust it, really all you're looking for is you're not looking for resources. You're looking for the idea on how to get the resource. You're not looking for the relationship. You're looking for the idea that you can follow through on that will bring you to the relationship. It all comes down to ideas. And so if you're looking for higher thoughts, better sparks of inspiration, genius ideas, then this is how I have found it works. If you're a praying kind of person, I'm going to put it in terms of prayer. If you're not a praying kind of person, just translate this into however it fits your mode of operation, okay? Because the principle is the same either way. But when I'm praying, it used to be that I would be in this desperate place waiting for a breakthrough, praying for a breakthrough, and this is how it would go. I would be like, Heavenly Father, please help me. Things have been so hard. Help us get this other job or help the car to start. Could you please just help us start this car or could you help us find money for rent this month? Or please send help. Or, you know, it was always this pleading, desperate place. And what I found out was while I was praying that way, I was picturing the problem in my head. And I was emotionally charged about the problem and how heavy it was. I was depressed. I was sad. I was discouraged. I was pleading just Oh, you know, and what I found out was that even if the answer was there, I wasn't tuned into it because I was on a thought frequency that was in this lower place. And when I understood, when I started to understand these thought frequencies and how I could improve my vibration and how I could think at a higher level, then prayers for me became more effective when I would stop first and I would think, well, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? And I would try myself to come up with a solution. And I know you're all doing that too. That's common sense to look for solutions. But here was the piece I was missing. Instead of picturing the disaster at the end of the month that was going to happen if you didn't come rescue us with something, I was experimenting. I decided to experiment with picturing the blessing already received as though I had already received it before I began my prayer or my supplication. And so if I was needing money for rent that month, I would picture myself writing a check for rent, licking the envelope, 
sealing it, putting the stamp on it, addressing it to the landlord, and putting it in the mail with a smile on my face and this feeling of relief that God did it. He sent us the money we needed for rent, and I just sent it in the mail, and it was on time. And I would see that done, and I would feel it. I would feel it as though it had already happened. And in that place, okay, I had just improved my vibration, and by natural process, it moved my thoughts up to a higher frequency. And so then my prayers, instead of being this desperate pleading, was, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending rent this month. Thank you for opening the way. Even though I didn't know where it would come from, even though I had no clue, I am amazed at your power. I am amazed at what you've done for us. Thank you for the rent. Thank you. And in that place, I was more prepared to notice the thought that said, you know, you've got this resource over here that you've forgotten about. Why don't you go take that and sell it? Or maybe it was, why don't you make a phone call to this particular customer and see if there's something you can do for them. And you know what? And truthfully, most of the time, I didn't even have an idea. I couldn't even think of an idea. I would just go about life as I had done before, but with a more faithful demeanor, with a more hopeful and expectant attitude, not a demanding one, not a sense of entitlement, not a, I deserve this because I'm so good, because, oh, mercy, heaven knows I did not deserve any of the blessings that I was receiving. (laughs) But what I did find out is that in the Bible, it teaches, ask and ye shall receive. That's not an empty promise. It's a true principle. But most of us haven't figured out how to live it. And that's my main nugget for tonight, is that asking these shall receive is a true principle, but it needs to begin with gratitude and different thought processes. Now, where did the answers come from? And where do the resources come from? In our case, the rent, sometimes it would show up because there was some tax return discrepancy or maybe it was a bank error that they had caught that I would never known about that they send us a, a refund for. You know, I mean, we've had the oddest resources come up in those places, but I've seen it work more times than I can count over the last 10 years especially that I have determined that it's a proven principle. It's a proven principle but it requires that you ask in faith and not waver. And it's really hard not to waver when you don't know the principles that you can rely on, the principles you can depend on. Belief, ignorant belief, it's hard to hang on to ignorant belief when the evidence coming at you is all contrary to it. And so you've got to keep feeding your mind. Feed your mind constantly. Once you've read something that gives you a higher awareness of how the universe operates, read something else. Because the more you feed your mind with that, the more you're going to be able to have faith with confidence. It won't be an empty faith. It will be almost almost a knowledge that I know this is going to work to understand the principles. I understand how it works. You may get your answers by learning from someone else. You may get your answers by learning from quiet revelations that come directly to you. It doesn't matter. The teacher will appear when you're ready with the right questions. And my encouragement is to keep learning, keep growing, because 
you know, it's like opening a combination lock. And maybe you read my blog post about this, what you can learn from a locksmith. This is so important that you look at your breakthrough like a combination lock springing open. Those combination locks, I'm talking about the kind that have multiple dials that you rotate independently of each other that all have numbers on them. And you have to put one into place. And you put one in place, and there it is, but the lock didn't spring open. You twist another one into place, and it doesn't spring open. You twist another one into place, and it doesn't spring open. And every one of those needed to be put into place. I'm telling you that every epiphany that you have, every nugget of truth that you capture and that you grasp, that you learn from every book you read, every seminar you attend, every teleclass you listen to, Every one of those is putting one of those dials into place, and I promise you that there will come a day that the last one will be put into place and the lock will spring open, you will have your breakthrough, and you'll think that that last nugget is the greatest principle you have ever learned because that's the one that sprung your lock open. But when in reality, it was every nugget along the way that prepared you for that final breakthrough. So don't be discouraged that it takes a long time. For us, it took more than 100 epiphanies. Our lock had a lot of dials on it. Other people, they get stuck, they go read a book, they have one epiphany, and bam, it springs open for them because they already had all the others in place. It depends on the person. It depends on how you were raised. It depends on what beliefs you already have in your subconscious mind. But I just encourage you to keep learning. I want you to come to Genius Boot Camp. Some will never do what it takes to get to an event. It might be clear across the country from you. It might be in a different country from you. I still encourage you to do what it takes to get to one. When the time is right for you, there might be something in the way that you need to address first. I respect that. But it's an experience that will teach you the process and not just teach you like I've been teaching you tonight where I tell you what to do and hope you're doing it, but it's an environment where you're actually walked through the process and you do it there, and you have your breakthroughs there, and you come away knowing exactly what to do next and having the courage to do it. If that's not the right thing for you right now, that's fine. But go to GeniusBootCamp.com, and you'll learn more about it there, and you'll see when the next events are on the calendar, and if there are any near you, you might find out there's one in your backyard and you didn't even know it. The other website I'd like you to write down is ProsperTheFamily.com. ProsperTheFamily.com describes the home study course that I mentioned earlier. And this is a program that, whether you attend a boot camp or not, is something that will help you have some major breakthroughs. I have not had anybody go through the course without experiencing some significant breakthroughs. And this is what it can do for you. It will keep your head in the game for three months. If you want to take longer to digest it deeper, that's fine. A lot of people do that. But it's a three-month program. It's independent. You do it at your own pace. There's no babysitters that you need to get. You don't have to travel for it. Again, it's designed to take three months, but you go at your own pace. So I recommend that you get started. You'll learn all about it at prosperthefamily.com. Again, whether you keep learning from me or you go learn from somebody else, just keep learning. Keep those locks turning into place. Your lock will spring open. When that final epiphany comes to your mind, you'll get it it will spring open and you will see that it is not an eternal addiction to personal development. Everybody I've ever met who has had a major breakthrough has gone through the same process. And it's a tenacity test, to be sure. But remember, if you feel like, well, that motivation stuff just doesn't last, you know, neither did breakfast. 
and neither did your shower. And so just the sooner we can come to terms with the need to continually nourish our mind and have a regular diet of personal development, the sooner I think we will be prepared to get those breakthroughs. Because some breakthroughs you shouldn't have until you are committed to continual learning because there's more to learn on the other side of the breakthrough. And it's an exciting process, and I look forward to having you join me on this journey. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right? Take care, everybody. This concludes today's episode of the Rare Faith Podcast. You've been listening to Leslie Householder, author of The Jackrabbit Factor, Portal to Genius, and Hidden Treasures, Heaven's Astonishing Help with Your Money Matters. All three books can be downloaded free at a rarekindoffaith.com. So tell your friends and join Leslie again next time as she goes even deeper into the principles that will help you change your life.